Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Heavenly Father, tonight we just thank you and praise you for another opportunity to come and see you tonight in that matchless name of Jesus, the name that's still above every other name. So thankful tonight, God, that we have this opportunity to bind together as one, Father, as we take a string of pearls, place them together, God, all of our work that is in you. We know tonight, God, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's none of us righteous. But Lord Jesus, it's you in us that brings us into that place with you to where we can have a right standing uh, before God the Father. Thank you for the blood. Give this night to you, Lord. It's yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Just go ahead and tell two or three people that are close around you. Just go ahead and tell them, welcome to 633. Just go ahead. Welcome to 633. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. He's worthy of that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We'll be getting back into some worship here in just a few moments. We're going to pick up at verse 8. The Word of God says, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does light a candle and sweep the house, and seeks diligently till she find it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of angels, of the angels of God over one, say one, over one sinner that repents. Pray with me. Lord, we're so thankful tonight for your word. And once again, thankful for those words in red letters. Hmm. All of it, Lord. We love all of it. But tonight, God, I pray that we would not just hear, but Holy Ghost, help us to understand. I pray tonight, God, that you would begin to probe very deeply, God, into our soul and just begin to open the pocket, if you will, of understanding that we would take something as an investment from you and that, God, it would grow and not just nourish us, but we would use it, God, to nourish others. We praise you and we thank you. For all that you are, do what you do in Jesus' name. Before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, are you worth keeping? Are you worth keeping? Are you worth keeping? You can be seated. You don't have to weird out on me, but are you worth keeping? Brayden, if you could put that up on the screen. 
appreciate y'all coming out. I know there's several in here tonight, but you all are spread out. You're, you're spread out, and that's okay. I'll be able to address both sides. Once again, I want to thank you for coming. Sunday, I, I began with speaking of the pearl of great price out of Matthew chapter 13 and how that he was the merchant and we were the pearl. I'll be tagging a little bit of that, but not much, but talking about this that many of you have heard before, finders, keepers, and using my term, loosers and weepers. So I'm part of the way through this. Tonight, I want to talk about keepers. I want to talk about keepers. And in the story here that you see, the parable that Jesus gives in Luke 15, it speaks of three lost things. It speaks of the lost sheep. It speaks of the lost coin. It speaks of the prodigal son or the lost son. And all of those are items of restoration, and all of them have different value in the way that you look, restoration to the fold, restoration of worth, restoration of sonship, of family. All of them have a, a far deeper meaning. Now, remember, once again, Jesus was a Jew, and he knows that throughout the course of this and his ministry here for three and a half years that he would be speaking, uh, and it would definitely get back to the Jewish audience. But tonight, I, I want to I talk about this tonight in such a way about keeping about keeping and so when we put that up there are you worth keeping if there's one thing that I hear consistently and that you hear me preach pretty often it's the attack on your worth and I know this seems as though it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up but it is something that I think in turn brings a certain apathy a certain hopelessness even uselessness to many people tonight once again I have a target I started Sunday and I wanted you to know that it's what's inside of you that is the pearl of great price. And that's none other than your soul. And that's what Jesus Christ died for on the cross at Calvary. Tonight, I want to further that, and I want to talk about keeping our worth. How many of you would agree your worth is under attack? It's under attack. Now, not to the point to where we just lay down and quit, but you'll hear many Christians today, they'll say, I don't even know if it's worth it anymore. Can I tell you, it is worth it. Another soul... Is worth it. Last Sunday morning when the young lady gave her life to Christ, could we declare it's worth it? Praise be to God. It's worth it. When we look at this tonight, when we talk about worth keeping, uh, the word keep is used at least, or the derivative of that, is used at least 451 times in the King James Bible. 451 times. So I know that it's worth talking about tonight. The first time that you see it in the Word of God is in Genesis 2.15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden and told him to dress it and to keep it. That word keep, that when you look throughout the Word, you'll find keep the Sabbath, keep the statutes, keep the ordinances, keep the faith in a sense, keep that which is committed to you. So the word keep should have prominence in our life. If love is worth finding, then love is worth keeping. Can I say that again? That if love is worth finding, love is worth keeping. When the Word of God, when we launched from there Wednesday and said that this great merchant that it was as Jesus was using the parable, he sold everything that he had, reminded again that Jesus left all of heaven. God the Father did not have to search because the Lamb had already been slain. The plan was already in place before the foundation of the world was ever set into place. Wow. And that before there was a world, there was the thought of you. And there was the thought of you and I and a redemption plan. Hell wants to attack you. Can I tell you something? Jesus was not a second or a third thought. He was the first plan, the only plan of salvation. When the blood of bulls and goats would no longer suffice, 
that sure, that covenant at that time for that period was not set in place for eons of time, but rather to bring us to this better covenant in which that is Jesus Christ, according to the word in Hebrews. Y'all know I'm a little more teachy on Wednesday night. Stay with me. I got some meat for you. Got some meat for you. So the thing is, are you worth keeping? Are you keeping your worth? Are you keeping your worth? You see, today in many of our thoughts and things, it's about getting something but not guarding it. That if something is worth the shot, if something is worth the race, then if something is worth getting, it should be worth guarding. Now, when saying that, we're not going to split theological hairs, but how many of you are thankful tonight that you got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? We did not earn it. But thank God that he gave it freely and it was a gift. Now, how many of you would agree that that's the greatest gift that could have ever been given to you? Then not only, hallelujah and glory be to God. By the way, it's okay to praise God on Wednesday night. (laughs) Hallelujah. Y'all act like you're scared to death. Get past it. Get past it. I'm going to go on. Done made up my mind. Keeping it. That's something that is entrusted to you and esteeming it. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about worth defined because keeping that worth now, we'll talk about worth defined. I'm going to use it in the contents of being a noun, okay, in that thought. Stay with me because I'll get you deeper into it. So when we talk about worth, we begin to talk about, in the sense, Heath, of monetary value. How many of you like a good bargain? Yeah, turn to somebody and say, you were no bargain. You were no bargain. Now I'm going to show you something today, and just bear with me for the simplicity of this, that when you look at this, something has to have worth. How many of you leave? This is a new set, pretty well a new set. I think it's, I think I've worn them once. How many of you believe this has worth? All right, stay with me a minute. Got worth here. How many of you believe this has worth? Yeah. How many of you believe Raymond, you say Raymond or Raman, doesn't matter to me. Raymond noodles. Now, when you begin to look at that, we begin to think of the worth of something. Now, I'm placing monetary value. A pair of jersey gloves, maybe 99 cents. Get them more if you get them in bulk. That thing of water, if you get it in a 24-pack, maybe, ah, what, 30, 40 cents? I don't know how much. Not that much. Raymond noodles, they're cheap too. So then what is the difference between all of these Then it's based upon need? If all of those basically have the same value, the thing then it's based upon need. You see, the thing is that if your hands are cold, here's some water. Stay with me, please, because I'm talking about worth. What's this world need? They need Jesus. And the thing is, if you're thirsty, I got these gloves. And you see, this is where the church doesn't have the answer. We have the greatest gift, we have the greatest treasure that's ever been given to all men, and we don't know how how, how to give it away. Somebody says, what is it that we're giving? Love. Love that passes, peace that passes all understanding. Love that lays down its life for the brother or for the sister. And you know, this is the key that when we're looking at worth and we're talking about keeping the worth, the church right now, man, is in a place to where it's forgetting the worth and its place. We were placed right now in this world to be a light and not to sit in a lazy boy. When he said you are the light of the world, he meant it. When he said you are the salt of the earth, he meant it. When he said you're my sons, my daughters, he meant it. 
I'm saying that enthusiastically because, listen, we have what they need. When they're cold, we've got something to warm up that heart. We've got Jesus. We've got the fire of God on the inside of us. When they're thirsty, we got living water. When they're hungry, we got the bread of life. He said, Pastor, that's cheesy. I don't care how you put it together. We have the answer. We have it. Our worth, the church's worth is being stunted today, Julie, because the church has forgotten what we are here for. Turn to somebody and say, I'm the answer. Oh, that's scary. That's scary. But if you're a Christian, you are the answer. You can't force feed civilization, nor could he. But can I tell you something? I want to be able to put enough salt in their oats that they'll get thirsty for the water that I'm talking about. Amen, somebody? I want to tell them just how good my God is. I want to tell them what He's done for me. I want to tell them how He still heals those that are sick. How He still breaks the chains of addiction. How He still saves the lost, the most lost of the lost. And He still brings prodigals home. I want to put salt in their oats to where they'll get hungry for more of what I have to say. The church has forgotten. Maybe you haven't. But I said something that pricked at least one person's ear here a while back that when I said this, that when I said the church, what we're finding is this, is that the church is being injected. When I said this Sunday, it wasn't a while back, but when I said this, these cultural pearls that are there, the church is being absolutely injected with the things of this world and it's hard to even tell what the church should be, what it should look like, or even what it should act like because the church is acting too much like the world and the world's going to act like the world. They called him a lunatic. They called him crazy. They called even to the point where his own, his own mother and his own brothers or sisters said, we don't even know him anymore. Can I tell you something? Be so radically changed that people don't know you anymore because you're not who you used to be. Praise be to God. Be that. That even your family doesn't know you. Praise be to God. When he said that, the price paid Monetary value, a gallon of gas. Value, stay with, stay with me for a minute. That when I'm looking at that, for those of you, and, and lo, or Jake, if you, or excuse me, I'll get it out in a minute. I've got four kids, and Braden will probably get called Hannah before I'm done. Forgive me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Braden, if you could pull up that next line on there when it says monetary value as to a gallon of gas, which is $2.99, and you can see that. So when we think about worth, there has to be value. But the value in season, stay with me please. A word spoken and love shown in the right season is of the most important value. Okay? You've heard me say before and you've heard other people catalog this within their thought. Is that you can have the right word and use it in the wrong season. It's true. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. So Matthew 13, 45 through 46. Worth is defined by monetary value. Value is where I'm at. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. 46, when he had found that one pearl of great price. Say great price. Great, say this. How many of you have ever got something at a great price? How many of you pulled everything you had out and spent everything? You say, man, it was everything you wanted. And say, wait a minute, I'm going somewhere. And everything that you had. And other people look at you, you're crazy. But you spent everything you had plus everything that was in the bank 
or every bit of what was overchecked. You paid it all. And when you got done, you said, wow, this was a great price. And people look at you, are you crazy? You paid that much for that? Hello, Wayne Clemens. That when I think of what the great merchant did, Tammy, and I realize, and I'm humbled, man, I'm zero to 60, right, when I think that other people could say, man, you paid all of that for him? Yes. Yes. I'm talking about worth tonight, Stephanie. He didn't just pay some of it. He didn't go half the way. I walked that road, the Via Della Rosa. I walked that road, and he didn't stop halfway, Shirley. He didn't stop part of the way. He went all the way. Praise be to God. There's got to be value. There's got to be worth. And that's what the enemy wants to hit you with as he attacks your worth. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Would you turn there, please? I'll give you time. Thank you for bringing your Bible. If you didn't, we don't have songbooks. You're caught. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. We think about that, Heather, and we think, well, what's the price he paid for me? Well, that's when we begin to think, what is it that was the greatest, uh, the greatest obstacle in getting me paid for? Was it my shame? Was it my guilt? Was it my pride? Was it my resistance? What was it? He paid the price. Now, there in turn, the Word says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There's reciprocation. Somebody said, that sounds like works. That sounds like you're wrong. Because a love factor has to come in that when you love somebody, you will want to please, you will want to encourage, you want to be part of. Hmm. Worth. Worth. Once again, I'll be using this again. Are you worth keeping? Are you keeping your worth? You've got to value that in which you've been given. Point number two is this. The value of worth of something in regards to, is, is in regards to its qualities. The quality in which it is put together and or the esteem. That when we look at that and we're breaking that down. Hmm. Stephen, you'll work just really fine tonight on a Wednesday. I'm going to use you on a Wednesday. You see, when we look at this, we, we, we begin to think. And, and I want you to put this. Now, I'm talking about worth. He'd be worth probably quite a bit playing basketball. Probably. He said, not anymore. Stay with me a minute. This is where worth really comes in. When we take on another thought about worth, it has qualities. Now, without saying anything, how many of you believe, or you can say something, you don't need to blurt out what the qualities are, but how many of you believe this is a quality individual? Now, if I were to ask you, what are the qualities? What is it that is the way he's put together, right? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Stephen's put together in such a way that says, when the doors are open, I'm going to be there. When we talk about qualities, then we could say, you can count on him. Unless he's preaching, do you understand what I'm talking about? See somebody he, that we can call, somebody that we can, we can do that, but you, you, they have these qualities. How many of you like those people that pat you on the back and they lie to you and tell you how good you are? How many of you really like the quality and a good friend that you have that they tell you the truth? Even when it hurts, yes, in love, thank you. The qualities. And see, Charlie, this is where it begins to come together. Then we're talking about worth. Because, listen, a friend has to have worth based upon the qualities in which they have and or the esteem that is on them. So as I put him up here tonight as that, I'm going to ask you the question. If we're tying qualities to your worth, 
What are you worth? Now, where this really, when we talk about how something is made, my mind went to the, well, King James uses the word bottle. In Matthew 9, 17, neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break and the wine runs out or the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, but both are preserved, meaning wineskin. Now, what they would do is they would take the hide of a goat and they would stitch that together. They would let it season just to some, a sum and they would do that, but they would then put the wine in there. And the thing is, is that that would be fine when you put new wine into a new wineskin. But, of course, when we see this piece of Scripture, we know where this is going with Jesus. He's speaking of lineage. He's speaking of the Jews. And that was the reason it was so hard for them to understand it or for them to grasp it. He said, you cannot put new wine into an old wineskin. What will happen? The wine expands, much like the Holy Spirit expands. What will happen is that that new wine has to be built into a new wineskin. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's an old creature. New things have passed away. Wrong. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things and all things become new. What we try to do is we try to put new thinking into an old body and it won't work. It's got to be the Spirit of God. It has to be Him. And what happens in people that they get this feeling so many times talking about worth and they come and they get a feeling at the altar only to find that it don't work and their stitching begins to, that when life comes and the stitching comes undone and they're spilled out everywhere and it's a mess. Well, I thought you, no, it's more than that. It comes into qualities, Christ-like quality, Christ-like character. And by the way, we don't get that overnight. Thank God for sanctification. So when we talk about that and the process therein, Proverbs 22, 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver or gold. When we're talking about that, we're talking about the quality. We're talking about character. We're talking about worth. I'm asking you, what worth do you have in this body? Well, I'm just a little toe. You're part of the foot. I'm just this, I'm just that. You're part of a body. This is the thing, guys, that we have to understand. And maybe this was a Sunday morning message intended for whoever and all, but this is your message tonight to, to receive and to, for me to receive. But what qualities do I have? Because if, if you know what, this is the thing. Uh, some of you ladies, and, and, and I'm not going to be critical, <laughs> knockoff purses, knockoff shoes, is that what they call them? Knockoffs? We got a lot of knockoff Christians today. We got a lot of people that are Christians by tag. But they're not stitched together right. They're not stitched together with the, with the thread and the needle of holiness and gentleness and meekness and temperance and true love and true joy and true peace. And Jake, with a thread of perseverance that you're going to have to have in these last days. Amen, preacher. Now. So when we look at the worth and we look at the value of something, then we go on to the qualities in which it has and the qualities in which it was put together. The third thing is this. Worth is moral or personal value. Braden, if you could, if you would pull up the picture, please, of the mirror. This is important. As I was preparing, the Lord was going to, I want to bring to you tonight the difference between a mirror and a microscope. Now, where the enemy usually wants to attack, and sometimes it's more female than it is male. However, I, I don't know that I could say that conclusively. 
Because the attack on worth seemingly is coming upon all. And the thing that is so sad today is that we base our worth on other people's opinion instead of in and of the authenticity of the power of the Word of God. Now we say this a lot and maybe we'll quit when we get it. But this is the thing. And I want to ask yourself, turn to somebody and say, uh, how do you look at yourself? How do you see yourself? I put this down here for me. That when I say, how do I view myself? I've got a quick question. How many of you have been part of a family picture or a picture with several people in it? Who's the first person you look for? Busted. It can be somebody else's birthday. And instead of you looking at the smile on their face, oh my gosh, look at that sweater on me. Do I really look like that? Where do we go? And this is how do I view myself? This is worth. And listen, this is the tainted lens that we see today in which we've preached a lot lately about the biblical worldview. I want to know how I've got to look at myself through the lens of the Word of God. How does God the Father see me? He sees me as a broken mess that needed salvation. Now when He sees you and I that are bought by the blood of Jesus, He sees His Son and He sees us forgiven. Amen on a Wednesday night. See, He sees us forgiven. It goes always back, traces the blood trail all the way back to that dreadful night in Egypt that when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The thing that keeps many great men and women of God of being great men and women of God is the fact of how they view themselves. And they allow themselves to be stunted by the growth that should be within them because they are all, well, I don't know what other people, I don't know how they see me. You girls, I'll let Stephen preach that. How do I view myself really depends upon the lens that I'm using. What about Jesus? Matthew 9, 36 that I preached, I don't know, a few weeks back. But when he saw the multitudes, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He acted. Now, you know what? I've got to be very honest with you. I'm not always like that. Can I be transparent with you? Yes, I'm going to be. You know what? This is the thing. For instance, somebody's going to Elizabethtown, Kentucky. They stop at White Mills. What happened? We ran out of gas. Why? We had money. I don't know. What were you thinking? Have you ever just looked at people and say, you're not moved with compassion. You're moved with something else. Are you that? Are you? It's the same type of life right now that we have that we say this, why do you keep doing what you're doing? Jesus was moved with compassion. But I'll tell you this, he never applauded complacency. He never applauded mediocrity. Neither would he applaud the apathy that much of the church is slipping into today. Amen, preacher. But he was moved with compassion. Why? Because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. Because they had no guidance. They had no leadership. They didn't have that. And they were scattered abroad as having as being like that. And when you look at this, how do I view myself? And how? The next thing is this, the microscope, Braden. Why is it that we're so consumed with ourselves so many times, and yet we use the mirror for ourselves, but the microscope for others? Oh, I know. Today we live in a political environment to where that if they're really a good person, then we're going to keep digging till we find something. Amen. That are they really that good? 
And not even in the political realm, but within the jealous realms of our religious souls. Many times we do the same thing. What do you mean they're that good? Nobody's that good. Well, the Word of God says there's no one good, no one righteous. Jesus said it. I understand that. But we can't stand for somebody else. And it's finding the dirt on them. Why? So we can elevate ourselves. We'll use the mirror for us, but the microscope until we do that. Jesus was under the scrutiny and the microscope of not just the religious, but Rome itself. Today, friend, you and I are under much the same. And the church, instead of encouraging each other, we're trying to tear each other down. And there's a critical spirit even within the church and a Jezebel spirit that will hide behind that to make puppets of the people that are in place to move on the behalf of hell itself. Worth. Jesus found worth in them. Last Sunday morning, this room was full of pearls. The bridge, full of pearls. That it's in my heart to watch him string those together and connect them. That so together, man, we will be that very thing that is connected and worth more than we could ever imagine. I said something pretty profound for me, and, and it may not be for you, but and I don't mean for me to bring any, any thought to that or any, any hierarchy to what I said but what good is a pearl if it's not found? Can I say that again? What good is the pearl if it's not found? What good is the love if it's not shown? What good is the word, Larry, if it's not shared? If the gospel be hid, it's hid to who? Them that are lost. But those that are of the gospel, those that preach the gospel, should live in the gospel. I know that that has a financial quotient to it too. I understand that. But the thing is, is that if we, listen, if we preach it, we should live it. Well, that's on you. No, friend, I'm telling you right now, you're preaching the gospel. Whether you ever get up on a stage, a platform, or a pulpit, you are preaching the gospel that has been given to you. How do I view others? How do I view myself? False balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. Don't be too weighted in either direction. The Word of God says this in Philippians 2.3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. It wouldn't take you but just a moment for me to get up on the piano, as I've done before, and try to pick out amazing grace, which I can. But I should not be jealous when Jake or Jenny or somebody else gets up there and they just absolutely shred it. What I should do is this. I should esteem them higher than myself and let the buffet that I go to be my place. Let me move on. You can tear a buffet up, Jack. But to esteem others higher than their self, and this is important, it won't be much longer. The question is this. Are you worth keeping? What good am I to God if my gospel remains hid? What good am I to God if my love is not shown? Back in the day, you know, we, we, we used to play ball up at the Methodist church out back. I mean, countless ball games. And there were a lot of people that could talk a game, but just a few had the game. Today, we're seeing that. I think we can talk a good game, and I say this because I know I've done it. I don't want to do it anymore, but I, I, I'm telling you, ain't it? subject to, we talk a good game on Sunday. We come Monday, are we? So when we look at worth, that's, that's the third point that I wanted to make. Number four. Is this, Braden, if you could bring up the equal sign. <clears throat> Who's got a five and a ten with them? Anybody got money? Anybody got four quarters? I need four quarters. I need a dollar. Search your pockets. I'm not going to keep it, I promise. Anybody got four quarters? I need four quarters and a dollar. 
If not, this is the most broke church I've ever been in in my life. Let me move on. Just kidding. Fourth point I want to make. Got a dollar? You got a dollar? All right. It's your pastor coming. Forgive me. I was unprepared. I meant to do this before. The fourth place of this, I can't believe my banker don't have full quarters. Four quarters equals a dollar. Stay with me a minute. Kathy, what you got? You have three quarters? You got three? That's good. That's good. I need a dollar bill. All right, I'm, com- All right, I'm coming. Give me your other quarter, please. Now, stay with me a minute because this is important. I got it. I got it. Thank you all. By the way, I'm not going to use the five, but I will take it. Just kidding. What is that right there? What, is, what sign is that? It's an equal sign. This is something that, that is being used now by culture in a big way, and I want to talk about it. Because in order to establish worth, I'm going to use it now as a preposition. It means to equal to. And so when we look at that, we, we really have to, then when you take on equal to, and this is going somewhere, if we're going to look at equal to, then we've got to look at assets and income. Okay? For instance, if you say, Stephen, you're worth $100, then you've got to show me the assets. Is that correct? And with the assets, then we could even show income. And income would even play in. Is that correct? That you could say he may not be worth it today, but because of what he makes and his income, he's worth that. So when we begin to look at this now in this realm, you've got to think about this within our own life. But see, this is one thing that we're seeing today. Is that we're using the same words, but a different dictionary. I've said that before. That's not new to you. But this is some truth right here. Now, Jake, you'll help me, won't you, please? That dollar bill is supposed to be backed up, if you will, by the government, by our banks. It's supposed to be backed up by that, right? Remember, you heard me teach on this a few weeks back about the gold standard, about different things, until we printed more money than we had gold in Fort Knox. Yeah, it's a promissory note. So I'm going to get a little deeper with you here, and this is a thing equal to, so that's supposed to be backed by something. How many of you have ever seen the gold in Fort Knox? Right. <laughs> so you got faith, whether you believe you got faith or not, right? So here's the deal. That's just a piece of paper. So is this. If it's not backed up by something else, stay with me. This right here is where we're at today. What you are seeing happen is that we're using the word equal in such a way with nothing to back it up. So, Jake, I'm going to tell you this. How many quarters do I have? (laughs) Four. Jake said, I thought you was going to trick me, Dad. So, different but same value, yes or no? Yes. So today what's going on in the United States of America concerning marriage? Those, when a man marries a man or a woman marries a woman, and I'm using the term marry very loosely, and they say they're married, that's not what my dictionary says. Amen, church? So when I'm hearing equality and I'm hearing all these things, that marriage is worth nothing Outside of the Word of God. If you want to call it a civil union, you may not like what I'm getting ready to say. I don't care what you call it. But God says that marriage is between one man and one woman. Worth. So hold on a minute. Marriage then to culture now means nothing if it's not And what has happened, Kathy, is that it's now being ingested by the church. And we wonder why the church is losing its value. The church is losing its value because it's losing its morality and its principle and the holiness of Almighty God. I'll preach at a revival sometime. Yes or no? 
Make up your mind today who you're going to serve. Because your children are watching every move you make. So, Jake, we agree that for that, right? Trade me. Not happening. I'm trying to give him three quarters for a dollar. He knows better. He knows better. He's not going to get shortchanged. He knows the worth of what that is. Thank you. Thanks for the offering. Thank you, Jake. If you'll give me just a moment before you play, but please get in place. Thank you. The church, when we talk about, and this is the thing, is the church equal to what he intended for it to be? Is it equal to what it was years ago? The church has become, if you will, and I speak that term again loosely, not being condemning. I I want us to get back to the worth. Not a watered down piece of gospel that says I'll make it when I can. I'll be a part. Can I tell you something? If you're really sick, you want your doctor to be there. Is that amen? Amen. God needs you. Your brothers and sisters in the family need you. They need you. So do you think for one minute a quarter is a quarter? A boy is a boy. A girl is a girl. You're not going to make me declare what you can't define. I refuse. You say, Pastor, you're drawing your battle lines. No, I didn't draw them. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to stand for truth or you are absolutely going to be sifted. And the apathy that you are experiencing is going to take you to the apostasy in these end times. Wow. Because that's where apathy will lead you. You say, man, preacher, that's too hot. Step back a little bit from the fire. Now, Talk about assets and income, and I'll close. Let's talk about the assets of the church. Without unity, it doesn't matter. But I want you to look at the assets, not the physical plant building, that which God has so graciously gifted us with. Amazing, incredible. But what are the assets of the church? God's given a food bank to feed the community. God's given us clear choices to help those that were there in places. God's given faithful ministers that go to the jail. All of that part of this. God's given others that do this, that do that, that reach out and that act. The assets of the church. Stephen, you know this all too well, but when we talk about liquid assets, that's how many dollars that I can get a hold of right now. Is that correct? Liquid assets, how much do you have right now? I'm going to ask you right now, how much faith do you have in you right now? How much liquid assets do you have? How much liquid assets does the church have right now? You've got living water. We've got the blood of Jesus, Charlie. We've got a testimony that's been tried but yet made sure through and by the precious blood of Jesus. Income. John said, he must increase, I must. The kingdom of God is ever increasing. Just as so when a mustard seed was described, I think in Matthew 13 again, it was said that, it said, or excuse me, leaven, that leaven is this. And I know leaven so many times in the Bible speaks of sin. I think it can have a dual connotation there when it speaks of it in that word, how leaven spreads. Okay? There should be an increase. There should be income within this church. I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about there should be income within this church, an income of faith, an income of hope. Why? Because we're not going to sit on our assets. We're not going to do that. We're going to spend the inheritance that God has given us. Can somebody say amen? He's given us so much. He's given me hope. He's reminded me that, listen, by the way, how many of you know that a banana will rot if you leave it sitting on its bottom? So in is the fruit within the church. we got work to do. Amen.
<laughs> you say, Pastor, I'm here on a Wednesday. Almost done. Speaking of establishing worth, there has to be an establishing of worth. I love you, but listen, you've got to establish where your worth comes from. Softly for me, Jake. Thank you. Turn your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. If I were to, I, I, I want to get your mindset ready, okay? So if I were to tell you today, the blood of Jesus is equal to what? The blood of Jesus, when it is applied, is, is equal to eternal salvation. Correct? The blood of Jesus is, is, is tied to my eternity in heaven. It's equal to that. The blood of Jesus is equal, Beth, to the love that I've been shown. And now that love that's been shown to me, now it should be equal to the amount of love that I give. Romans 8.18, my wife's favorite piece of scripture. One of them. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. This is powerful. You know what it says, Julie? It's beautiful. What you're going through is not equal to. Amen, Tammy? What we're going to, here's the way I want to do this, okay? Is that it's not equal to it, Mike. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared or equal to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Everything that you're going through is not equal to it, but it's necessary. Why am I going through this? All I can tell you is it's not equal to the, to the joy and to the glory that's going to be revealed. Worth, Arlita, worth. When we sing, it'll be worth it after all. It'll be worth it. Worthy of it all. All of these things. The word worth and worthy is used so, I think 50 or 60 or 70 times. So much more, so much less than keep. 451 times. One day, we're going to see that it was all worth it. Without truth, worth cannot be established. I'm going to repeat that. Without truth, worth cannot be established. If I were to hand, if I had a Confederate note up here tonight, that was something that used to be, but it no longer holds value. That dollar bill that you hold to, I told you there's a message coming soon about Washington, D.C. I mentioned that before. It, it, the D.C. stands for digital currency. There's a reason what you're seeing unfold right now before you about the collapse of a certain group of Bitcoin or Bitcoin, if you will, or something such as that, the digital currency. There's a reason why that's happening. And that's so that things can be regulated in such a way to where I can control you. I'm not a prophet, but I can tell you it's pretty easy to see some of the writing on the wall. I don't YouTube much. I don't look at I, I don't. But I can tell you some things are pretty evident. Wow. Are you afraid, Pastor? No. Not. Why? Because I love to trade. I love to barter. We, as long as we got our dollars. Can I, can I talk a little bit? Let me talk a little bit more about this real quick. If I can forecast for you. If it don't work, kick it out. Like I said, I'm not claiming to be anything tonight. I just want to say this. Is that when you think that the money you've got stacked back or you've got this or that, it's, it's common to understand that, that that money becomes nothing when it becomes nothing. What are you saying? You've got X amount of time to turn that in. If you don't, it will lose its value. You turn it now, I'll give you 10% more, and I'll put that in a digital, digital currency bank. That can't happen. It's happening. It happened in Canada when they told those truckers, you will go back to work or we're going to freeze your bank accounts. It happened. 
What's happening in China right now? Monitoring every... Listen, you all already know this, but let me just reassure you. You better have the currency in the kingdom. Love continues to spend. Sharing will continue to spend. Then what happens the next step? No, if you don't do it now, we'll give you 10% more. Just forecasting. What happens? No, you've got till this date. We're going to give you even money. But after that, it's going to start dropping 10% each month to where you get it. You keep your money, but it's not going to mean anything because if you don't have that digital currency in the bank, you're not going to have anything. Hello, debit card. That we didn't know what was coming. Let me move on. All of this. My worth today. My worth today. Your worth today is under attack. Turn to somebody and say, he's worthy. He's worthy. Amen, Charlie. He's worthy not just of some of my praise, not part of my praise, but he's worth all of my praise. Can I get an amen in the house? He's worthy of my Wednesday night praise. He's worthy of my Monday morning praise. He's worthy. Wow. Got a question? Does the Word of God, Larry, does the Word of God say Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory? Is that correct? So when we're born again, somehow Jesus is living in us. Is that right? So for those of you under attack, how many of you believe Jesus is worthy? If He's in you, then why are you saying you're not? Why? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If He is in me, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Now when I say that there's balance in that, not in my own. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love you. I do, church. Oh, Father, tonight, let us recognize and realize our worth. Let us see that. Amen, church? Let us see that. I'll close with this tonight. There was a young boy that had done something that he had to be punished for. Something pretty extreme. He was 10. To the point that he had treated someone else very unfairly and had done some things he shouldn't have. And in that, his mother and father told him, as extreme as this sounds, said, tonight you will sleep in the attic and tonight you will go without supper. Some of you say, that is way too harsh. And very well it may be. Stay with me. It's important. The young boy trotted up the steps to the attic. His mother and father, not showing him, but grieving so deeply on the inside, they lay down in their bed after supper. The father, no more, 10, 11 o'clock, gets out of bed, goes up the steps, only to find the 10-year-old boy weeping and sobbing on the side of the cot that was there in the attic. Little boy looks at him with tears in his eyes. He says, Daddy, can I come down now? And he said, no, but I'm going to come up here and stay with you. The importance of that is the same thing that Jesus did for us. I know I've done wrong. I know I've done wrong in my past. I know that I have. And he wouldn't let me come back down either. But he said, I'll come up there or I'll come down there with you. Wow, what a God. I'm worth that. I'm worth the price he paid at Calvary. What in the zone? 
living in a time right now where the spirit of deserving is all around us. I deserve that. I deserve this. No. I am nothing. Lord, I love you. Tonight, I just want to be closer and not to the point where I'm anxious about it, not to the point where I don't have peace. But God, in this whole room tonight, even somebody watching online, that God, maybe they don't have that peace. Maybe they are anxious because there's ground that needs to be made up. Maybe there's somebody tonight that just needs you, Jesus. And maybe there's somebody in this place battling for their worth. And they've looked, they've, they've allowed herself to be scoped through the lens of so many people around them. But tonight, I want you to see yourself as Jesus sees you, as the Father sees you. And he says you are worth it. And God, tonight, that's not saying that we flip so much to the side that says there, there, can't, there has to be payment for sin. Jesus, that's you. But his heads are bowed tonight, and even at home or wherever this may find you, maybe it's reckoning in your soul, but if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm struggling with my worth. I need Jesus. Would you slip your hand up? Would you slip your hand up and just say, I need him? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Are there more? Church, it's on us. It's on us. I always say, could we do more? It's always that, but I don't think I even want to push that in any way tonight. It just simply this altar is open. If you lifted your hand, if you raised your hand, if you said, you know what, I'm, I'm really, the Holy Spirit is really prompting my soul tonight, prompting my heart that I need to be the church like he intended. I need to do what he's called me to do. Holy Ghost, come. Do what you do. Amen and amen. This altar is open. Those of you who want to join me, you're welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave your worth here. Don't leave your worth here. Take it with you. Take it with you. Hey everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.